0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, May 14th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Dalley. Here's today's headlines. Ag waste included in renewable energy. $50 million for clean tractors and trucks. And Bayer slammed again. California Renewables portfolio expands to include ag waste for biomass energy. The Senate passed SB 515 yesterday to expand the definition of high hazard fuels for biomass energy production at cogeneration plants. The measure by Senator Anna Caballero of Salinas focuses on high risk forests close to residential areas. But the bill adds agricultural residues to the list as well. This update to the California Renewables portfolio will reduce the cost to facilities for collecting ag waste, timber from forest thinning, and other types of biomass used in energy production. In an earlier committee hearing on SB 515, Senator Bill Dodd of Napa supported the inclusion for waste from agricultural crops. All that stuff goes to the landfill or it's burned on site, he said. Most definitely, we've got to come up with a solution to this. On the Senate floor, Senator Jim Nielsen of Gerber also supported the bill. He called it long overdue and encouraged the state to build more cogeneration plants. Currently, 20 biomass facilities are in operation, generating about 2% of the state's power. California recognizes Wednesday as Citrus Stride Day. Hunger is an issue affecting too many Californians, according to a resolution passed yesterday by the state Senate. Citrus Stride Day addresses this challenge by donating to food banks 1,000 pounds of citrus for every lawmaker who participates in the one-mile walk around the Capitol. During the vote, 72 senators joined the resolution as co-authors that would generate 36 tons of oranges for food banks, assuming they all join. The walk takes place uh, Wednesday at noon outside the Capitol building. More details at California Citrus Mutual. May revise adds $50 million for clean tractors and trucks. The latest draft of the budget includes an additional $50 million for the low-carbon transportation program within the Air Resources Board, or CARB. The program promotes air quality improvement by providing incentives for businesses and customers to upgrade to zero or near-zero buses, tractors, and light and heavy-duty trucks. The total funding for the program this year would now be $182 million, provided the legislation passes the budget next month. Update on Farmer. Despite it seeming like a cut, the $90 million funding for the Ag Equipment Upgrade Program, known as FARMER, is actually close to the annual appropriations that was originally planned by the legislature in 2017, even though the initial funding of $135 million started the program. CARB is expected to sunset the program after this year. Bayer hammered again with Roundup verdict. Investors will be watching Bayer stock closely today following a California jury's award of more than $2 billion to a company who alleged their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma was caused by exposure to Roundup. The company's share price has already dipped from about $30 when it closed on its $63 billion acquisition of Monsanto in June 2018 to fifteen ninety one yesterday. The verdict came in after markets had closed, so today will be when the verdict's impact will be felt. Bayer vowed to appeal the verdict. Two previous cases ended in substantial jury verdicts for plaintiffs. Bayer is appealing one of those verdicts and plans to appeal the other, as well as yesterday's. The company is facing more than 13,000 such suits nationwide. A jury in Alameda County Superior Court found that Monsanto had acted negligently in failing to warn Alberta and Alva Filiad of the risk of using Roundup. Trump confident ahead of meeting with Xi Jinping. President Trump isn't sweating the latest tariff escalation with China. In fact, he says he's confident the U.S. is in a strong position ahead of a planned meeting this month with Chinese President Xi Jinping at the G20 summit in Japan. We're in a great position right now, no matter what we do, Trump told reporters yesterday. He said that just a couple of weeks ago, negotiators were 95% there before China backed away from agreements. It was just last week that the U.S. announced it was raising tariffs on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. China responded yesterday by raising its own tariffs on $60 billion worth of U.S. goods. Plenty of U.S. food and ag products, mostly processed goods, will be affected by the latest increases that range between 5 and 25 percent. The list includes a wide variety of products such as frozen spinach, corn oil, margarine, ice cream, peanut butter, and orange juice. Chairman, trade payments, the only realistic aid option. Sources tell AgriPulse that USDA is already at work on the new trade assistance package, but there is still confusion on how that aid will be provided due to Trump's tweets about buying up U.S. commodities and donating them overseas. Somebody is going to tell him he can't do that because he'd be violating WTO rules. That's Senate Finance Chairman Chuck Grassley speaking with AgriPulse. He said, there's humanitarian crisis around the world, but it's not $15 billion worth. Senator Grassley's right. The U.N. currently reports that $940 million in total food assistance is needed worldwide. Grassley said the only realistic way to help U.S. farmers cope with the retaliatory tariffs is to do another round of direct payments under the market facilitation program. Keep in mind... The latest Chinese tariff rate hike doesn't directly impact the most widely grown bulk U.S. commodities, but the tariffs already in place continue to depress trade and profits. Joe Nelson, strategic advisor and past president of California Citrus Mutual, tells AgriPulse that orange farmers lost 75 percent of their normal sales to China this year because of import taxes as high as 51 percent. Mexico says no to new tomato agreement. U.S. tomato growers were excited about a new proposal from the Commerce Department to avoid a tariff spat with Mexico over its tomato exports, but Mexican farmers have turned it down, according to the Florida Tomato Exchange. Commerce canceled the existing suspension agreement with Mexican farmers last week after complaints from U.S. farmers that it wasn't effective in preventing Mexican exports at below market prices. The American tomato industry has been working with the Commerce Department for the last year as the department has attempted to negotiate a new suspension agreement to prevent injury from dumped imports of Mexican tomatoes. The Florida Exchange said in a statement. They continued, We're disappointed to learn that the Mexican tomato industry has rejected that proposal. Preliminary U.S. tariffs have been put in place, and anti-dumping investigation has resumed now that there is no suspension agreement in place. USFWS slowing for more comment on Gray Wolf delisting. The Fish and Wildlife Service is giving interested parties an extra 60 days to comment on the proposed delisting of the gray wolf in the lower 48 states. Originally scheduled to close today, the new comment period now ends July 15th. Comments should be as specific as possible, the agency said. Please note that submissions merely stating support for or opposition to the delisting will not meet the Endangered Species Act requirement to use the best available scientific and commercial data the service added. Ranchers and other resource users out of the West in favor of returning the wolf to state control while environmental groups are opposed to that proposal. Here's today's He Said It. For decades, state and federal policy have locked up the forests for wildlands, allowing no thinning of the forests and underbrush. That's State Senator Jim Nelson in supporting SB 515 on expanding definitions for biomass covered within the California Renewable Energy Portfolio. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, May 14th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit agripulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.